0: Welcome to Bite Size Dental Marketing. Today, I have Mary with me. And Mary Rob runs Social Practice. And they're a social social media company that specializes in content marketing for small business. And they really focus on aesthetic practices, dental and real estate. And it's such, a, such an honor of that I'm so happy you're here.
1: Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you for inviting me on. And
0: Yeah. Tell me a little bit about how you started and tell me a little bit about the path you've taken over the last couple of years?
1: Yeah, so I've been in marketing for over 10 years now and I've worked for several agencies where I got the opportunity to support and really help develop the marketing campaigns for small business owners, small to medium sized businesses. And I just fell in love with marketing for small businesses because it is just so fun to get to know A client's vision for the business that either they're launching or that they have built and where they want to go and really dive into what their goals are. And from a strategic perspective, help them map out how they can achieve those goals uh, more on the front end of getting in front of the right people. Um, So I started social practice four years ago, um, back in 2019, one year before COVID. We survived COVID, which was a huge blessing, but every year we have doubled, it's been a huge blessing. But um, as you've probably seen Eric and and the people listening, social media is just such a useful tool to reach your target client um, if it's executed properly. So we've just been, um, again, super blessed with so many opportunities to support small businesses, clients. Um, we really have narrowed in our focus to um, dental offices, med spas, fee-for-service offices. Um, and these individuals you know, are in markets that are saturated, that are competitive, and so it's super, super important that they have the right marketing strategy, the right marketing teams to support them, to help them reach their goals and to remain competitive and to continue growing. So, um, yeah, we've been doing it now for four years and we have, um, big plans to keep growing from, from there. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about us.
0: I love the small owned businesses as well. We have in fact, intentionally stayed out of a lot of DSOs just because I like it when someone's identity is wrapped up in the company. I want them to care about the people. I want them to care about their community. I want them to be I want them to be interested in what the company is doing versus just money. And and as I've watched you guys, and as I followed some of the practices that you do work with, I'm always amazed at the quality of social media that you guys are producing and the amount of content. And it's really, in fact, sometimes it's a little humbling because I'm like, man, I, I, you know, I I wish we would do that. And then I I sit down and and start focusing on something else. But I think it's amazing what you guys have done. And I I guess that's kind of where I have, wanted to start is, what do you see as the most common missteps or problems that practices are doing when you take over?
1: Yeah, so it's, it's going to be a couple things. Um, we really have clients that live in two camps. We have clients that Love social media, but don't have the time or expertise to really execute it on it properly. Or we have the clients that absolutely hate it. They never want to touch it. They don't use it personally, um, but they know they need it to help their business grow. So um, what I see the most common mistakes being made, number one, not posting enough. That's a huge one. So posting and ghosting is a huge, huge issue. Um, The algorithms feed off of consistency. Um, One of the other things would be purchasing followers and engagement. Um, I know that it's nice to have a vanity metric or it might feel nice to have a vanity metric, but especially with small businesses who are targeting a local audience, it doesn't matter how many bot followers you have. We really need your followers to be real people in your backyard, in your market. So that's another mistake we see being made. Um, Another common one is relying on, A staff member that also has multiple jobs in the business to run the social media for you. Uh, Whenever we walk through our process and the things that we offer our clients, uh, we a lot of times get feedback of, wow, like this is a full time job that you're explaining to me and it is a full time job. But I will say, as the years have, um, as as we continue to move forward, social media is one of the number of ways to get in front of your audience. And so, if you think about, you know, the investment you've made and your practice between the location, the equipment, your team, all of the education you've put into the skill, and and just how you're able to support your patients, you also want to make sure that you're investing in getting that information out there so that you can attract your ideal patient. So. Um those are some things that we see being a pretty big issue. Um there's a lot more than that, but just to kind of keep it short and sweet.
0: No, those are definitely uh, we see similar. We've had a few dentists that have come to us that had um, really big numbers on Instagram. Yeah. And you know, they had gone viral for some cute video or a dance. We had a dentist down in Houston that had, had a ton of of followers and she said, but I'm not getting any patients. And like, when you dig into her followers, like none were in Houston, none were relevant, you know, potential clients. And that was such a difficult conversation because they see these vanity metrics and they think that that should mean, you know, a ton of new patients. And I think you're onto something with consistency. I think it's the most underrated thing around social media. What are you seeing as some of the trends right now that are happening uh, you know, through the beginning of the year and how are how are you guys responding to them? Cause obviously you have to stay on the forefront of that.
1: Yeah. So the trend that has been, and that will continue to be is video. I can't say enough about video. It is, if you scroll through your feed, you'll notice that half, if not majority of your content you're able to see is going to be video. So that's number one, short form video, quick sound bites get to the point you want to catch people's attention within the first five seconds. Otherwise they're going to keep scrolling. There's a lot of talk right now about authenticity. So social media has been around 10 plus years now, um, really almost 20 and, um, you know, we really saw, saw a takeoff in between 2015 and 2020. And so, um, or I'm sorry, actually more like 2008 to 2013, really. Um, So with that said, people are so used to seeing curated content. They're so used to seeing content that is overly well done. It looks like it's an editorial feature. So the more types of content that you can share that looks like behind the scenes, day in the life, here's a before and after of a patient, like a little video clip in your stories or having a testimonial, um, just being authentic and showing up showing what you guys do and how you do it and how you make impact with your patients is going to be a huge factor that will continue to be relevant i will also say the big thing i'm always talking about and this is going to continue to become it it is relevant it will continue to be relevant is content that adds value so regardless of what trends pop up what features come out what shifts they make to the algorithm a big thing we're always talking about with our plans and our content strategies is, how how do these topics add value to our target patient? How is this solving a problem for them? How is this inspiring them? How is this motivating them? How is this educating them so that they can make an informed, educated decision? Um, With that said, shareable, saveable content, that's kind of an easy way to think about it. So when you're putting together a post topic, think to yourself, is this something that my patient would want to share with a friend? Is this something they would want to save to revisit later because it was such good information they want to remember and they want to come back to it? Um, Those types of things are going to be way more impactful than trying to chase sometimes like the little trends that come and go.
0: Yeah, I've loved to see this uh, authenticity movement happen. I I will tell you that I, I personally became disenfranchised with Social media, somewhere around 2017, 2019, that era, personally, because it just everyone wanted to show their highlight reel and you knew that they were train wreck behind closed doors. And it was just, it did not feel real. It did not feel authentic. And I've recently re engaged. This has become more popular to talk about. You know, I can talk about my real life. I can, I can show my real life. I can show at least the appearance of it. I, I, I know that, you know, some of them are carefully staged, but. I do like the push for authenticity because I think that we lost our way on social media for a number of years and hopefully we're refinding it back that it's, it's, you know, it should be a, more aligned with real life versus my highlight reel. What is the bar of quality that you like to see in, um, let's say a patient testimonial or a, a video, like h- how do you like to see it? What, what's the, the bar of quality you like to see?
1: Well, you know, there are really kind of two philosophies. Now, if we are putting together a campaign for you and you're now outsourcing it to a team of professionals, we're going to show up with professional cameras. However, depending on where you're at in your practice, depending on what your goals are, depending on your budget, there are lots of ways you can create your own content to get started. I'm just a huge advocate for just get started just do it and that's social media is such a great place for that because you can be creative you can try different things see what sticks see what doesn't you can easily film a patient testimonial from your phone i always tell people there's a camera setting at the top right hand corner if you just switch it up to um, if you tap it says 4k and there's a number 60 Um, you want to tap it to 4k 60 frames per second it almost looks like a professionally done video Mm -hmm. it's not the exact same, but it gets the job done. So if you're in a spot where you're like, I just need to get something, that's totally fine. Um, There's microphones that you can get, but um, I think with the patient testimonials, the biggest thing, quality aside, is what are they saying? How are they saying it? And that's gonna be a combination of the kind of patient experience that you provide in your practice, because you can't force that out of somebody um it's also going to reflect what type of results you drive in your practice and having that patient express what it feels like to be a patient in your practice how being a patient in your practice made an impact on their life we do a lot of testimonials around how patients came in and left feeling like a new person and how it changed their life their self-esteem their confidence um, their relationships so many impactful things and the more that we can really get into the meat of, of the questions that really help tell that story, the better the testimonial is. We've seen a lot of testimonials that come through that are kind of surface level or that, um, you know, the, the patient could have used some coaching. So I think really that's almost more important than the device being used.
0: I love your philosophy of just get started. I think people underestimate that as you start posting more regular, as you start engaging with people in in your channel more regular, as you do these things more regular, like it will start pushing you to where you need to be. But if you wait for perfection, you never get the muscle memory or the practice. And I'm with you. I I know that we have to coach patients on testimonials, but my favorite patient testimonials that I've, I've seen you guys produce and us too is when I just want to hear their story. I want to hear what their life was like before they got it. I want to hear about the procedure. And then I want to hear what they think about it now. And you can't replicate heart with an amazing camera and you you need, you want that heart to show through. Obviously no one hires you to, to get, you know, a million followers. They, at some point were both hired to deliver financial results. Mm -hmm. How, how do you find it is best to measure the success of social media? Like how do you know it's working for a dentist or a med spa given that, that, you know, there, there's so much available out there of metrics and, and, what metrics matter to you that from both kind of a, I feel like I'm moving in the right direction. And then what's your, how do you answer the, is this working question?
1: It's a great question. So there are kind of a couple of different buckets I'll walk us through. There's three, there's the reach the follow, like the click throughs and then the leads. So first we look at the content's actual reach. So that's how we're gonna drive people to the profile and drive people to the website is we gotta reach people. So the reach is the number of unique visitors who saw that post. So we want a high reach on our videos, on our posts, on our stories. Um, The other things we like to look at kind of under that bucket is content interactions. A huge, huge win is when you see shares and saves. That's a big area of focus. That means that you're putting content out there that is shareable or saveable. Um, Also, comments. We like comments better than we like likes because comments really mean that someone has really absorbed the content that you're sharing, the things that you're sharing to them and they found value enough in what it is that you're sharing to leave feedback and to leave their perspective, to leave a compliment, whatever it is. So comments are huge. Likes are incredible. Followers are also a great, great, great statistic. Um, That does show us that the people that we're wanting to reach are wanting to stay in touch with us, which is a big green flag. I would say that's kind of a warm lead. Um, Now, from there, we need to drive traffic to conversion. So we look at profile visits. So that's someone who saw a post, clicked on your profile, and now they're looking at your page as a whole. Um, That's a huge KPI just because it shows us that people are really starting to take their time to stop in their scroll, move on to a whole new profile, and learn more about you as a business. And then, of course, website clicks is a big statistic that we look at because we want them to convert as a new patient lead. With that said, there are a lot of different ways to track leads. The ultimate goal of any marketing campaign brand awareness and lead generation so from a lead generation perspective we look at a couple different ways social media can be tricky to measure success and so that's just kind of like an ongoing thing that we're always focused on so we use call tracking so you can track calls that come through the social media campaign Um, we want leads to come in that way Um, we want leads to come in through your website so if we send them to the landing page and they fill out a form um, for a new patient consult that's a huge thing and then also Leads coming through your direct messages. That's where a majority of our leads start. And um, that's just, that's the ultimate goal of the campaign. And that's what I would call a success is that you're getting in front of more people, you're growing your reach, you're growing your followers, and you're also driving new patients from the campaign and from the platform itself.
0: Do you monitor it on their behalf? Or do you just have some Jedi mind trick that you, you mind trick them into monitoring it?
1: We have community managers. We have a community manager team that monitors the inbox every day because we have tried different softwares and I have not found one yet that I am in love with that I would pay to use for my own business. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times there's a lot of specific questions around procedures, pricing, some specifics that really need to be addressed. So we our philosophy is we want a real human engaging with the real humans engaging with you. This is also with small business. It it just makes sense. I mean, it's just important that online experience needs to parallel that in, in in-person experience with that practice. So we, we monitor them um, manually through our community manager um, who supports that.
0: That's such a differentiator. Uh, That's a lot of heavy lifting to, to, to do. I, I mean, that's, that's really awe-inspiring that you guys do that for your clients. I, I think that's such a big differentiator. And it, it's so painful to invest, you know, the money into social media, but not monitor your inboxes and not respond to comments. And, and I, think it's, I think it's really noble that you guys do that for your clients. I, 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 I think it definitely differentiate you from most of the other, you know, companies that we see specialize in social media. And it's, it's really refreshing to see you guys care about your clients so much.
1: Yeah. I mean, it ties back to that patient experience conversation we had. And I know that you guys feel the same way and you guys have a lot of tools in place to help support your efforts as well with lead conversion and supporting that. But, you know, if you think about, the ultimate goal is to get them in front of the doctor and have that relationship and for them to be able to work together and that doctor can help solve that patient's problem but think about all the steps it's going to take to get that patient to that position and think about how every single step of that process is going to impact how likely it is that they end up in that chair and so with marketing campaigns we're on the we're on the we're on the front lines you know we are before they ever even get to your front desk. We're, we're there before someone picks up the phone to call the person that answers your phones, or we're there to send that person before they email to schedule the appointment. So it's really important that any engagement or interaction that happens, that's a representation of your business is handled appropriately. And then same thing, once they convert, which a conversion on, in marketing world means that they actually called, they actually submitted an inquiry. And then you know from there, a sales and conversion would be, They actually scheduled and they spent money with your practice. Um, So, you know, between the lead, you getting the lead and closing the lead, that's a huge, huge part of the patient experience process that's super important. And then, as you guys know, once the patient arrives in the practice, the first person they see how they feel when they walk in, how they feel when they get back into their room, how they feel when the the assistant greets them and then when the dentist greets them, there's just so many pieces to that process that matter. Um, So that's for us, it's just a huge, it's just a part of the bigger picture.
0: I find the patient experience when people think of marketing, especially small businesses, I think in their head, they're really saying advertising and marketing is such a broader spectrum of the, the, how happy they leave. Did you ask them for review responding to, I mean, from everything. And and, yet I, I do feel like when a dentist says marketing, I think they really mean advertising. When I think when you're talking about marketing, you mean the, the entirety of, of, actions that a consumer takes that ties down to your business from all the way from leaving incredibly happy and and being a champion of the brand i know that you mentioned you've grown a ton how are you maintaining your company culture because i i know that i've seen you and i've seen your personal brand and i've seen you you grow social practice and and again i i think the the social media you put out is amazing how are you maintaining your your culture in the company and your standards as you evolve your your agency
1: so we have there's a couple things we have some phenomenal coaches that we're a faith-driven business and so i'm not afraid to just say that honestly god has placed some of the best people into our company over the years and the timing has been so phenomenal as well but um, the past couple of years, we were connected with Maven Financial Partners, who has really supported um, our ability to scale and grow a team from a financial perspective. We also have an operational coach who has come in and completely just been a huge support system for developing our team and training our team. Um, training is a big thing that we're really focused on, especially as we grow. Um, and just supporting the team. And what does client experience mean to us? How does that align with our values? And what are the expectations um, of being on this team? And then we've, we've had just several different opportunities to really just pour into the team itself. Um, we're in office twice a week. Uh, I don't really plan to ever change that. I know that there's a big debate about fully remote or not, but um, it is really important at least from my perspective and how I feel about the way that we operate is to have those relationships. And those those days are really special to us. So I think that's a huge thing that's really helped us as well. Um, and to be fair, I think marketing helps with all of that as well. I think, um, and this is for Dennis, this is for you. And I'm sure you've seen this in your business. Um, if you want to attract talent, it's really important that you tell your story, not only just having it happening behind closed doors in your office, but that you're show, showcasing that on social media, on your website, um, in every channel that you're present on, because that's also how you're going to be able to find the right people. And we've had several of our top candidates find us and top employees find us through just organically social um, social media or website or whatever it is. So
0: the first thing I do, if if I'm ever interested in a company is I go check them out on social media. I check their website out. and. If it looks boring, why would I, why would I go work there? If it looks boring, I, I want to go someplace exciting. I want to go someplace that values me. I want to go where my people are not, not to a boring place. And, and with the options out there today, I think that social media has a huge impact on recruiting. Yeah, I do. Totally
1: does. Yeah. yeah. And even like we recruit through LinkedIn, like everyone else, but, um, you know, people wanna look at what's happening behind the scenes and they wanna know who their boss might be, who their coworkers might be. They wanna see what that day-to-day looks like. And I, I really like to just continue to encourage business owners to not be intimidated by sharing that. It's really just gonna help you attract more of what you want. It's gonna help you attract more of your ideal client and it's gonna help you attract more of the ideal employees, team members who are gonna help support your vision and help you grow, so.
0: Mary, I, I can't, you know, continue to say, I, I think you guys have carved out a really nice niche. And it's funny, I, I do find social media somewhat intimidating. I, you know, one of the reasons I don't post Instagram is I just don't know what to say. In my head, you know, the bar was so high and, and in reality, it's it's people just need to just start doing it. And I think that's such wonderful advice. But uh, again, thank you so much for, for joining me today. And I, I'd love to have you on again, because we certainly all run in the same circles, but, uh, thank you again. I'm so humbled that, that, you know, you've uh, decided to jump on with me. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. And that was your buy to dental marketing.